Hey there. A few weeks ago, I got invited to be a part of a conference by the American Health Information Management Association. They're kind of like a trade group for healthcare IT, I guess. This was a panel on affordability. Did you hear the air quotes there? They told me we can't pay you, which was good because I don't take money from folks in healthcare. But it's a chance to address industry insiders. And I was like, do I want to talk to industry insiders? And I thought, well, I I probably want to hear what they say to each other. There were not any big revelations. And honestly, it was not that much fun. But I do think I made a new friend and she knows stuff and she's sharing with us. This is An Arm and a Leg, a show about the cost of healthcare. Dan Weissman. I'm a reporter. I like a challenge. So my job on this show is to take one of the most enraging, terrifying, depressing parts of American life and give you something entertaining, empowering, and useful. We're on a break from full episodes right now, but this little adventure is worth sharing. A week before the conference, there's a planning call. We got a consultant, a lobbyist from a hospital industry group, and a woman from a healthcare tech company. And I'm supposed to be the voice of the consumer. And while I'm on the call, I'm thinking... This was a bad idea. (laughs) Other panelists are talking about how important it is to help uh, consumers understand their financial responsibility. And I'm thinking, yeah, how about helping people just not get eaten alive? And somehow in the middle of this talk about how patients just need to get better informed about our financial responsibilities or how tech can help us become smarter consumers, Every one of these people ends up talking about their own experience that they're having right now, trying to figure out how much they're going to end up paying for this medical service or that one and how hard it is. They're basically commiserating. And I'm thinking, look, you're the industry insiders here if you're having a hard time. And of course you are, because this is the American healthcare system we are talking about. Then how are any of us supposed to be smart consumers who understand our financial responsibilities? I ended up kind of dreading the panel, to be honest. They came, I told some stories from the show, and here was my bottom line. We're not consumers, we're not shopping for TVs. We're people trying to survive. And we're, you know, in a kind of money or your life situation. And the way I've come to think of it is we're in, we're largely in a crossfire between big institutions like providers and insurers and pharma companies and anybody else who looks to make a buck in this. So no, it's not possible to educate people about their financial responsibility. The financial responsibility gets assigned to you by all of the big players fighting this war in which we are getting caught in the crossfire. I looked at the video later. I looked kind of mad. I was like, okay, I'm not sure how many hearts and minds I went over there. But at the end of the panel, the moderator asked us about what gives us hope. And other panelists talked about new tech, like data standardization and new rules like extra transparency. And I talked about Dr. Ayla Stanford in Philadelphia, who's been knocking herself out to help black and brown people there get access first to COVID testing and then to vaccines. And I talked about Jared Walker in Portland going on TikTok to tell people how to apply for charity care and getting seen by 10 million people. In other words, efforts by regular people were doing more than we should ask of anybody. And so I asked people watching to pitch in. I had just talked with Jared again recently, and he had a couple of projects going where it seemed like folks with healthcare IT expertise could really help. And four or five people piped up. This was all on Zoom. They went on the chat and were like, me, me, I want to help. And afterwards, the moderator of the panel started an email chain, and one of these people wrote a note right away saying, yeah, this is so important. We talked the next day. 
I mean, I was so excited listening to you yesterday. Janine Kane started her career working in medical offices in the billing department, dealing with insurers who were denying payment. And then she worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield. And now she makes backend apps to help insiders deal with the awful mess behind the scenes, all the data, including our bills, that doesn't go where it's supposed to go or do what it's supposed to do. And of course, she had horror stories of her own to share. And one of them was kind of a victory story. And that is the one I want to get into here. It's about her son. This is like right at the beginning of COVID. So March 2020. Her son's 20 years old. You know, he was actually in Texas. We live in Alabama. And he's feeling sick. And of course, I'm mom. So, you know, checking in on him every day. But then when it got really bad, and I'm like, Josh, you really need to get evaluated. He goes, well, I don't know. How about I just wait a couple of days? And I'm like, (laughs) no, I don't think so. Because really bad isn't just he's feeling crummy. His symptoms at this point, headache, fatigue, and a stiff neck could mean bacterial meningitis, which can take you out fast. But where exactly is he supposed to go? There's a pandemic. There was an order. Everything was closed. Janine is on the phone with him. She's on Google. She's trying to find some place he can go, which ends up being an ER. And there's good news. His diagnosis is other viral syndrome. (laughs) In other words, not COVID, not meningitis. So really good news. And you're probably guessing the bad news. The bill is like $14,000. And Blue Cross is like, We are not paying any of this. Under this policy, we only pay ER rates if you have certain diagnoses and not COVID, not meningitis. Yeah, not a diagnosis we pay for. Glad you're okay, kid. Go pay up. I mean, he was a 20-year-old, overwhelmed, saying, oh my gosh, I owe $14,000. My son makes $11 an hour. Lucky for him, his mom is Janine Kane. I told him, I said, do not leave Texas without your medical records because <laughs> that is, you know, what I do. Right. She appealed insurance denials for a living and then went on to work at Blue Cross. She knows how the game works from the inside. All these companies are defining their own carve outs of like what they cover and what they don't. I mean, it's almost impossible to navigate it. Almost impossible to navigate, but not impossible for her. She wrote a four-page letter, and it's a masterpiece. The gist is, she told the story clearly, super clearly. Tables, bullet lists, and she attached her son's medical records and the statewide orders that kept his non-ER options limited. She linked to a CDC webpage about bacterial meningitis. And then, of course, CCing the attorney generals and (laughs) joint commission and insurance commissioner. And it worked. Before long, Blue Cross wrote back, "Okay, you're right. We were wrong. We're going to pay up, which obviously great. But still, it took a lot of her time. When you're working full time, you know, I mean, you can't just stop the world and try and gather all of the information. And then write that crystal clear letter that makes the case. That takes time, even for Janine Kane, who knows way more than most of us do. She probably knows more than most people who work in healthcare, And this was hard for her. I'm going to post her letter. We can all learn from it. But I asked her, is there something you, that you would want to tell people who listen to a show like this? Like, oh, here's a thing you should know. Um, never really accept no. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's a good one. Yeah, right. For better or worse, that's it. Never give up. And try everything. Because did I mention that while she was fighting with insurance on the one hand, She was also talking with the hospital, making sure her son applied for charity care. She had to. She did not know for sure that Blue Cross would come through. The hospital said they would knock half off, 
which wouldn't solve the problem because if you're making 11 bucks an hour, half off a $14,000 charge still means being on the hook for a lot of money. To just say that, oh, well, we can only write off this percentage, that really just floored me. Luckily, that wasn't her best offer. Blue Cross did come through, but geez. And look, we haven't even talked about her other story. That one's about her husband who's got cancer. And that one, talk about how you have to never give up. That is an ongoing nightmare. This ER thing was just one bill, even if it was a big one. The cancer battle is all kinds of bills from all kinds of players for years. Look, I get mad. And Janine does too. Even in her letter. Because that letter is not just cut and dry. There's a fair number of words, even whole sentences in boldface, sometimes all caps, sometimes italics, and underlining too. One kind of long sentence starts, for the life of me, I cannot understand why you are wasting my time, and ends with five question marks. Yes. <laughs> I was a little angry. There's also a whole page, just kind of a manifesto about how poorly designed the whole system is. And that is why I've asked her to let us publish the whole letter. She's going to annotate it, highlighting the magic words she used, spelling out why she put this information in a certain order, and leaving in some of that stuff she wanted to leave out the first time I asked, the run-on sentences, the maybe kind of excessive use of all caps. Because there's no single right way to do this. I'm not saying put five question marks at the end of every rhetorical question. I'm just saying I think it's comforting that someone who knows everything that's going on behind the scenes, she's mad too. Speaking of new friends, we heard recently from Kristen in New Jersey. She was also inspired by the story of Jared Walker, who used TikTok to show how to apply for charity care from hospitals. Hi, Arm and a Leg Show. I just wanted to say thank you so much for your episode featuring Jared Walker with Dollar Four. I had a bike crash last year and I had to make a trip to the ER. Um, I was really worried about the possibility of getting a, a big bill. Um, but after listening to your show about charity care with Jared Walker, I was able to check the hospital's website and I was at a certain percentage of the poverty level. So I knew I could apply thanks to your show. Um, I did apply and I received 100% financial assistance for that visit. And I would have had no idea had it not been for you. So thank you so much for your help um, in getting my, my ER bill down. Thank you so much. Bye. Ha! Yes, Kristen. We hope you're feeling better. Seriously, one of the most exciting things about doing this show is hearing from you. You're sending so many interesting questions, stories, ideas, and sometimes if we're lucky, like really lucky, because this is the American healthcare system we're talking about, good news. Thank you. You're keeping us going here. Chime in anytime at armandalegshow.com slash contact. That's armandalegshow.com slash contact. I'll catch you in a few weeks. Till then, take care of yourself. This episode of An Arm and a Leg was produced by me, Dan Weissman, edited by Marion Wang. Daisy Rosario is our consulting managing producer. Adam Raimunda is our audio wizard. Emily Pisacreta is our awesome intern. Our music is by Dave Weiner and Blue Dot Sessions. This season of An Arm and a Leg is a co-production with Kaiser Health News. That's a nonprofit news service about healthcare in America. It's an editorially independent program of the Kaiser Family Foundation. Kaiser Health News is not affiliated with Kaiser Permanente, the big healthcare outfit. They share an ancestor, this guy Henry J. Kaiser, who had his hands 
in a lot of different stuff. He poured concrete, like for the Hoover Dam. He built a chunk of the U.S. cargo fleet for World War II. He made cars, all kinds of stuff. When he died more than 50 years ago, he left half his money to the foundation that later created Kaiser Health News. You can learn more about him and Kaiser Health News at armandalegshow.com slash kaiser. Diane Weber is national editor for broadcast, and Tanya English is senior editor for broadcast innovation at Kaiser Health News. They are editorial liaisons to this show. Thanks to Public Narrative, a Chicago-based group that helps journalists and nonprofits tell better stories for serving as our fiscal sponsor, allowing us to accept tax-exempt donations. You can learn more about Public Narrative at www.publicnarrative.org. Finally, thanks to everyone who pitches in financially to help get this show made. You can join us at www.armandalegshow.com slash support. Thank you. Thank you.